Welcome, everyone, to the Harsh Vocals Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, along with my co-host, Christian Renner. How you doing today, man? Not bad. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm excited to be recording. <laughs> yep. Talk about some metal. Yep. It's always a good time. So this week's topic is, uh, as you saw from the title, Battle Jackets. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but one of the reasons that I, I chose that as the topic for this week is that I've been kind of toying with the idea of building a battle jacket, because I never had one before. I still have my original one that I had in uh, 1985. Oh wow! And I actually, I actually still have it. Still have the same patches on it. And it's kind of funny because it's all, you know, you can definitely tell what I cut my teeth on because it's all thrash metal all the time. I mean, it's a big master of puppets back patch. I got the Metallica Creeping Death going across the top. I got the uh, Metallica Alcoholica 100 proof patch on the front creator destruction slayer i mean it's all over the place that's cool but it's all mainly thrash yeah well we'll talk more about that in depth just in a little while but since some people just tune in uh probably to hear our recommendations let's get those out of the way first and then we'll move on to our actual discussion topics so uh the way the show is going to work since this is our first traditional style episode our last one was really just a review of 2023 is that every couple of weeks, Christian and I are going to convene and do the podcast, and each one of us is going to be bring three different albums to the table that we've enjoyed from the past two weeks' releases. And we'll play a track from each one, talk about the bands a little bit, and then um, cover our discussion topics. So let's get right into that. All right. So top three bands from the past couple of weeks. Christian, uh, why don't you go ahead and give your first one? All right, I'm going to butcher this because I have no idea how to pronounce this because it's... <laughs> I'm gonna go with Svedestrada or Sudestrada if if they're actually using the V as a U. I don't know. Yeah, they are they are a black metal band, so I mean it yeah, could so be it that could cult be. kind of spelling where it's a a V in place of a U. Yeah, but it's it's spelled S V D E S T R A D A, and they're from Spain. Yeah, and the uh, album is called Candela. Really, really good record. I mean, one of the things that caught me that this kind of has a lot of the same feelings as that that band you and I really got into last year from Tennessee, um, Sidan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they give me a lot of the same type of vibes because they they got a little bit of that punk vibe to them. Mm-hmm. You know, all with that base of black metal, very clean, concise songwriting, mm-hmm. and it definitely has that kind of cold black metal feel, but. Adding that extra dimension, that punk kind of feel to it, really makes it stand out. And it, it actually makes it, if black metal could be fun, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess you'd say this is fun. Speaking of the Sidan album, Onryo 2 was the name of it. That was yeah, like probably the most fun black metal album I've ever heard. Um, it's just upbeat, kind of poppy. You know, all the songs are dark and, and grim, like they're supposed to be, but there's just this element of fun that's built into it. And uh, I see the same thing here with uh, Svetastar or Sudastra, however, however you want to say it. I also see some other influences. I feel like there's a little bit of post-black built in. Yeah, a little uh, bit. I'm getting some hard carry from the sky kind of sounds. Uh, even even some of the raw screams and stuff like are very reminiscent of Garia. I mean, I keep talking about them, but that's just because I love them so much. I feel like it's a kind of a mixture of those three bands and it's a, it's a fantastic album. It was the first album I found this year where I was like, wow, this is great. And I'm adding it to my contender list. Yep. <laughs> so 
I think it's a great pick um, to recommend as one of the first three for the year. Definitely. So Definitely. We're going to play a track from this one. Uh, let's see. The track name is called Sierzo, and this is from the album Candela by Sudestrada. We're just going to decide yeah. to pronounce it that way. I guess we'll go so there. Enjoy. Yeah, that was a great track, man. Yeah. Good choice. Good, good choice. So what do you got? Uh, let's see. My first song that we're going to play is from a North Carolina band called Abyssal Frost. They released a new album called The Pyre of Flame. It's, it's just a full frontal assault black metal album with these weird eccentric instrumental pieces in between each actual track on the song. Um, the album itself is actually kind of short. It's about 40 minutes 
but that's because there's these 30 second to one minute interim tracks that they're not boring. They're, they're really pretty melodic pieces, but it's kind of a weird build for the album. <laughs> I don't really know how else to explain it. Yeah. Cause the songs don't really flow together. They have these like super harsh, abrasive melodic black metal tracks that just kick ass. And then you have like this weird kind of Spanish sounding eclectic instrumental thing. And then you go right back into the melodic black metal. Oddly it works. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm really enjoying this album. I've been playing it a lot since I found it. It's definitely different. And I appreciate that they're trying to do something that's non-standard. So Check it out. Uh, We're going to play a track from this as well. This is called Hypothermic Amputation from Abyssal Frost, and the album is called The Pyre of Flame.
All right. That was a fantastic album. It reminds me a little bit of uh, the Storm Ruler album that came out last year that had all those interludes in there. And I mean, it, it didn't detract from that to the point where it got annoying. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it still ended up on my, you know, what, top five, I think. But yeah, you don't need an interlude track in between every <laughs> single song. Like, I, I think we're good. I mean, I already have an issue with like, like if you go to, you know, where I cut my teeth on doing this, you know, I used to write reviews for metalcrypt.com. And uh, every now and then I would do uh, like an editorial thing. I'd pick something to write about. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wrote about was intro tracks. Because, I mean, especially when you when you listen to a lot of music. Yep. It's something, it's something you and I have talked about a lot in the past. It, it just... If that piece of music isn't good enough to turn it into a song, don't put it on your record. You yeah. know, like, that, that's fine. And then I had somebody explain to me that, well, you know, a lot of the bands will come up with intro tracks because that's what they're going to use as they're coming to the stage. Okay. Right? They'll have that music playing as they're coming to the stage. And I was like, okay, that, that's fine. But I have yet to actually witness that. <laughs> I have never seen that happen. I've never heard one of their intro tracks as they're coming to the stage. It has never happened. Uh, I've definitely heard music playing as bands are coming to the stage, but it's never the intro track. They're always playing Amorphous while you wait for whatever band to come. Exactly. <laughs> it's always, it's always never what you thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, okay. No, but I, I see your point. Yeah. And I, I like that comparison uh, to that Storm Ruler album. The only thing I will say is that they don't do it between every single song. It's just, there are four or five of those, but the album the album's only like 11 tracks, I think. So it's not as annoying, I guess, as it was on the Storm yeah. Ruler album. Um, and yeah, the Storm Ruler album ended up being like 25 tracks. And yeah, it, it, was it was just excessive. Yeah, it was too much. It was too much. <laughs> the stuff that was good on that album was great, though. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's it just, was, the songs were absolutely like dominating. I found, like, I found myself so skipping, skipping all the like yeah. slow parts. But with Abyssal Frost, I will say that it, the transitions between you know, the black metal song to the eclectic stuff and then back to the black metal song. Um, they work. They're, they're well done. Yeah. It's yeah. just so weird. It, it, and kind of unnecessary. It, it is. It is. It, but it, it doesn't. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking when they were, you know, when they did this. I'm sure they had a particular reason for it. And, you know, I, I'm the last person to tell somebody how they should write their record. Because, I mean, I'm a failed musician. I didn't make it. I work in a factory. So I, I'm the last person to tell you what to do with your record. But w- when you listen to a lot of stuff, there are certain things that come that, that you come across that just kind of bug you a little bit we should be like uh album consultants <laughs> yeah no shit like hey st- stop with the intros you're good yeah no but uh, i i do highly recommend the abyssal frost album i would i would recommend checking that out it's it's a very strong album um even with yeah. the weird eclectic yeah. songs weird doesn't necessarily mean bad it's just uh very different and i can respect yeah. them for trying something different so uh, what's your next album christian i'm gonna go with uh sea of consciousness and that's self-titled it's a band that they're uh, mixing a lot of atmospheric black and death metal mm-hmm. uh, with that little bit of prog. And, you know, that that's something you don't find every day either. And it's just really well done. You know, when you're, when you're trying to put those prog guitars into a black and death metal, you, you know, it can, it can kind of overpower it if you're mm-hmm. not careful. Uh, you got to get that balance in there 
because otherwise you're just going to be a tech tech death band, you know, yeah. uh, with the way they uh, they go over the top with the guitars or I guess you call it gent. Uh, I don't exactly prescribe to that, but wh- whatever. Uh, it can get to that level if you're not careful. But this band, they have a really, really good mixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never, ever lose that death or black metal sound. That It's just basically death and black metal with really good guitar playing. I mean, that's what it comes across as. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to actually check out the whole album yet because um, we've been so busy working on the site and the podcast. But I did listen to the song that we're going to play, um, which is called From the Ashes. Yep. And it, it's good. I like it. The vocals don't quite connect with me as much as they do with you, probably. Yeah. But I, I mean, they're, I feel like it's going to grow yeah, on me. It, they're not super harsh. Yeah. I mean, this here. I mean, we talked about this, you know, when we we're talking about doing this podcast about having a uh, a podcast where we talk about gateway bands that could get you to if you got a problem with harsh vocals. Mm-hmm. This this is one of those bands that I could see being like that could help you get over that hump of you know if you if you just can't handle those harsh vocals. Yeah. No, I I, I could see that totally. So. It's one that I'm going to have to spend some more time with. I'm going to listen to it a few more times and see if it grows on me. But uh, I do like what I heard from the beginning. So here we go. Let's go ahead and play this one for the guys. It is Sea of Consciousness, self-titled album, and the name of the song is From the Ashes.
It's one of those albums that actually gets better as you go along. Yeah, I could see that. I like the progressive elements, and like you said, it's not overpowering. It still retains that black and death yeah. kind of sound. So, You know, kind of like how, uh, to a slight degree, how Allegian does it. You know, how they, they, they never really go off the rails with their proggy side. You know, it still remains that, uh, that melodic death metal, you know? I don't know. Like, I, I love Allegian. They're like one of my favorite bands. One of my favorite American bands, I should say. But every single album from them is drastically different yeah. from every yeah. other album. Yeah. And like, if you're talking about um, Proponent for Sinians or something, you're right. They do have a lot of progressive elements that don't really interfere with the death metal stuff. Damnum was the same way, but like right in the middle of those, you had Apoptosis or whatever. And that album doesn't even sound like Allegian. It sounds like a purely tech death album where the progressive elements definitely supersede the the death metal stuff and and i don't think it's a shocker that that's my least favorite allegiant yeah mine too (laughs) mine too uh all right so my second track is going to be something that i discovered last night it's the first release from a california band called upon stone and the name of the album is dead mother moon so these guys are straight up melodic death metal they have a lot of influences from tech death and gothenburg sound and even a little bit of metalcore maybe but at its core it is melodic death metal the whole way through and the songs are really succinct and there's absolutely no bloat and the whole album i think the runtime is like 35 minutes and it's like 11 songs Um, so the songs are short but they're excellent every single song is better than the one before it the vocals kind of have more of a punky harshness to them rather than like a traditional death metal growl. Um, And I think that's the one thing that might kind of dissuade some people from liking this band, but I absolutely fucking loved this album. Um, I heard it for the first time last night. I've heard it seven times since. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. And (laughs) actually the vocals that that's one of the main things I like about it. Same here. I I, I like that punky kind of, I do too. That, that, you know, it, it makes it just a little stand out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it. I like a little bit of punkish bleed into my death and black metal albums. Yeah. You know, I like Kvetterlack. I like Worm Witch. I like bands that just incorporate a little bit of that punkiness or that crustiness um, to their yeah. music. And definitely. these guys definitely. are definitely doing that. And uh, I think it's going to end up being one of those albums that's on everybody's end of your list, even if they don't realize it yet. It's, I can see that. It's just so good. I think it's a, a sleeper hit. I was on Twitter last night and I tweeted at the band and I was like, wow, this is a great album, guys. And I mean, all I, I saw like a thousand other people tweeting them the same thing. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think the secret's out on this one. So we're going to play a song from it. This is from Upon Stone, the album Dead Mother Moon. And the name of the song is Dusk Sang First.
What a great track. I, I just fucking yeah, love it. Great album. I'm, I'm definitely going to be listening to that a lot more this week. I, I bought it on vinyl last night. Um, they had like a limited edition release of like 200 or something through Century Media. And I was fortunate enough to snag a copy. I was going to wait, but then I saw how popular it was on Twitter. And I was just like, if I don't get it now, it'll probably be hard to get. Yeah, it'll sell out. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing about heavy metal vinyl is if uh, yeah if you don't get it when it's uh, first coming out, there's a strong chance you're not gonna. Unless the band blows up and yeah does like more releases. I mean, but there's no guarantee of that. Yep. All right. Well, uh, what was the next one for you, Christian? All right, my final one is probably going to be what what I would consider you know like my pick of the week. It surprised the hell out of me, and the more I listen to this, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. It's a band called Dark Oath. And the album is called Ages of Man. But this is definitely one of those records that the more you listen to it, the better it gets. And the more you tend to find things that you like. Uh, it's female-fronted, but she sounds, like like you mentioned this, and it, it really uh, hit home for me. She sounds like early Angela Gasau. Yeah. And you, you definitely hear that. And, you know, honestly, the, the more you listen to it, I think she's better than Angela. She might be. She she has those growls down, man. She has those growls down. Uh, super impressive. It's got, you know, heavily symphonic elements into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's symphonic elements all over this record, and I love that. I, I personally love symphonic elements on any sort of record. And this one here, it's so expansive. It's, it's really big. Yeah. But again, doesn't overpower. It's like... It just adds just to it. Perfectly, yeah. yeah. It, it just adds to that overall sound it's, it's almost like a hybrid of something like sonata artica and arch enemy early early arch enemy yeah yeah and the cool thing is that it's a concept album about the ages of man so like it starts out in the dark ages and then moves forward to like the bronze age and the gold age and so like you have all these songs that kind of have i don't really know how to describe the the expansive elements like you're talking about but it's you know you, you hear arabian sounding songs and you hear middle eastern sounding songs you hear like you know, something that sounds like it's from the Crusades and, and all this stuff sort of built in and it just kind of blows up the sound to like a new degree. And then, of course, you've got her up there just killing it <laughs> with the death metal vocals. Yeah, it just belting it out. And I mean, you, you know, it's kind of funny because you go through the track listing and the songs are, you know, gold one, gold two, mm-hmm. silver one, silver two. And it just 
screams black metal because I, I don't know how many times I've I've just seen black metal tracks, you know, just labeled one, two, three, four, five. Right. You know, it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, but it it works. I mean, there's there's a lot of great female vocalists out there, but it's very rare that I'm this impressed by one. Yeah, and and I mean, the first time I heard this, I was like, wow, I love these vocals. And then I said, holy shit, it's a female vocalist. And then I, I was just like, this sounds like Angela Gossow. It, it just does. Yep. I can't say enough good things about this album. I'm astonished, honestly, that we have two Mellow Death albums in the same week that are of this level of quality between this and Upon Stone. That hasn't happened in years that I've had two albums that I could see making my end of year list in the first week of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I even tried to contact the band they haven't uh said anything back yet but you know because right now uh you can only get the uh album via cd or mp3 Mm -hmm. um according to Bandcamp, i guess and uh their own personal website only has the cd yeah so i I sent them a message to see if you know there's a possibility of a vinyl release but keep me updated uh, on that because i want a copy too i I was checking out their website last night as well (laughs) yeah I, i was trying to buy it it's like, uh, okay. You know, I think that's a good uh, gauge, too. Like, if we try to buy the vinyl the first time we hear the album, yeah. <laughs> you know it's yeah. going to be something I mean, special. You know, I, I've tried to limit my uh, amount of vinyl buying. I, I tend to go a little too far. And so, like, I've tried to only buy one album a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever I would consider the best album to come out that week is the one that I'm going to try and buy. Now, that doesn't always work because sometimes there's two or three really good <laughs> albums that week. I mean, what yeah. are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, this is definitely, you know, if they have this on vinyl, I'm, I'm on this like white on rice. This is, this is really good. Yeah, I completely agree. So uh, let's go ahead and play a track from it. So this is going to be gold one from ages of man by dark oath.
God, it's just fucking awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could have picked any track off of that album and you'd have been fine. Honestly, I just went with the first one. Just, yeah. It kind of tells you exactly what you're in for. Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't let up for, I think it's 40 minutes. Yeah, I think it's about uh, that long. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, to me, perfect length for an album. I agree. 40, 45 minutes. That's perfect length. You go above that, I think you got some bloat. Yeah. It, it just kind of happens. It does. Yeah, it's a very concise album. Um, I can't say enough good things about it, except that I'm just going to yeah. keep listening to it throughout the year. I'm certain of that. So uh, let's move on to my last pick. Um, this is going to be the band called Infant Island. Um, these guys are from Virginia, and this is their third album. Uh, it's called Obsidian Wreath. So this is really kind of like melodic post-black metal. There's tons of emotion built into the the vocals and the music, the melodies. It's one of those albums that the very first time I heard it, it sucked me in and it it hasn't stopped. I mean, I've been listening to it regularly since the first time I heard it two weeks ago. I bought the vinyl for this one as well. (laughs) So, uh, and and actually these guys just announced they're going to be doing a a U.S. tour um, sometime in April. So uh, I will probably be at their Houston show. Because I very much dig this. This one might not be as much for everybody because it is a very specific style of black metal. The vocals are harsh to the extreme that you can't really tell what they're saying at all. But the melodies are are just so captivating and the vocals work with the melodies really, really well. So I enjoy this kind of extreme metal. Again, it may not be for everybody, but if it's your cup of tea, check them out. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and play a song now. This one is called... Another Cycle, and it's the first track off their album, Obsidian Wreath. And again, the band name is Infant Island.
Yeah, I, I dig that. I don't know about you. Do you like that, Christian? Yeah, it's good. And again, I mean, I guess we could do a whole show on <laughs> bad band names. Well, but, so, uh, so, uh, so I mean, uh, Infant I'm Island, all, really? I'm all about finding excellent bands that have terrible names. I do that regularly in our group chats. And so when I found this one, I was like, God, what a terrible name. But then I looked it up, and Infant Island is actually the name of the island where Mothra lives uh, in the Godzilla world. Oh, so, all right. Now so at least there's let some it go. kind of like tie to that. I can let it go with that, too. But if you don't know that, it does seem like not the best name. I mean, honestly, the name of the album would make a better band name. Obsidian Wreath? That'd be a yeah, pretty cool a damn band name. Pretty cool name, too. I agree with that, but... I like these guys regardless. Um, they have, like I said, three albums. So at some point in the next couple of weeks, I plan on going back and hearing their whole discography. Uh, and then, like I said, I might go see them on tour in April. Looking forward to that if if they come to Houston. I don't still. suppose they have a uh, Iowa date, do they? Uh, I'm not sure. We can check. Nope, you're out of luck, man. Yeah, I didn't think so. You can always come down here and hang out with me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the crazy thing is, you know, like Storm Ruler, they're from St. Mm-hmm. Louis, and they don't even hit Des Moines. They're five hours away, and they don't even come to Des Moines. It's like, damn, man. Like, <laughs> How often does Slipknot play there? <laughs> well, see, that that's something else. They they only seem to play, like, the Iowa State Fair anymore, and uh, that I, I got no idea why that band is as popular as it is, but... Okay. <laughs> you know, hey, if it's your thing, it's your thing. I'm not going to crap on it. Not for me. Definitely not for me. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I actually like the first two Slipknot albums. You know, something I listened to when I was, like, in late high school. Yeah. Before I really, really, like, discovered, like, Swedish mellow death and whatnot and moved into harder stuff. But I, I'm kind of shocked that they're as popular as they are today. Like, it made yeah. sense when new Metal was at the height of its popularity and stuff. But Slipknot's still just like all that Metal Sucks talks about. Yeah. <laughs> Every other post. Either, yeah. Either them or Ghost or um, Sleep Token these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I just, Sleep Token. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't yeah. Get it. And, I mean, the whole deathcore thing. I, I, I don't really quite get it. But hey, you know, if that's your thing, more power to you. Hey, as long as you're listening to Metal, I'm happy. With Deathcore, I feel like a lot of those bands are the kind of gateway bands that are going to lead people of the younger generation to find, you know, heavier stuff. But, like, where are you going to go from Sleep Token? That's just, like, pop music. Yeah. It's, it's pop music with a goth facade. To be fair, I like Ghost, but Ghost is the same thing. You know, they're yeah. doo-wop music with a satanic edge. Not to say they don't have some hard songs, but... His it just seems like a lot of those bands, it seems way more about image than it does yeah, the music. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, and, you it's know, pop music with a heavy metal image, which, you know, I guess people want to be part of the heavy metal club. But And I mean, honestly, I, the only thing that I have against Deathcore is like, hey, just an FYI, not every single song needs a 30 to 30 second to a full minute D beat breakdown, you know, like, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, not all of them. Yeah. Pick your spots. There are some that I hear on occasion that are not horrible, yeah. but a lot of them are very cookie cutter. Yeah. That's yeah. just how it seems. And I mean, but, you know, people could say the exact same thing about power metal, the exact same thing about, you know, black metal. That It's very samey. If you've only heard a very small selection. Yeah, like, I haven't heard a lot of deathcore. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I don't seek it out, so I, I'm not... You know, if it if it's labeled as deathcore, I, I usually kind of avoid it. 
you know, I might give it a listen if somebody's like, oh, you should listen to that. Uh, I'll give it a shot. But for the most part, I it's not my thing. You know, like Funeral Doom. I If it's labeled as Funeral Doom, not going to be my thing. It could be the best Funeral Doom album of all time. It's not going to be for me. I'm the same way. I mean... That's why there's so many different subgenres within exactly. metal, you know. And exactly. I mean, if, uh, and, and why that's important. Yeah, I mean, funeral dream is not really my thing either. But if uh, you know somebody who I know knows my taste and is an expert in that subgenre, and they're like, "Hey, this album came out. I think it's fantastic. I think you'll like it, knowing your taste. I'm definitely going to check it out." Yeah, you know. Yeah, like if Carrie tells me, I know Carrie likes Funeral Doom. If he tells me, "Hey, you'd probably like this." I'll give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just on my own, nah, I don't seek it out. Yeah, I think I think a lot of metalheads are kind of open-minded to that extent. But I also think that typically we try to stay within our own preferred subgenres. <laughs> yeah, to a certain I mean, like, the, you know, the only other one that I truly try to avoid is the death metal with the pig squeals. Mm. The, the ultra-brutal, like... Grindcore. And it's usually produced really, really, really badly. Well, I've heard some grindcore I like, okay. but the ultra, the ultra brutal, the pig squeals, and then... Who would you put in that group? Like, Dying Fetus? Jesus, I, I don't even know, because I, I avoid it. You know, as soon as I hear the pig squeals, I'm out. <laughs> like, it just... I, I just can't do it. I, I can't listen to a, a, a half an hour of pig squeals. And, you know, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I, uh, it's, it's not so really bad. for me either. I mean, I don't mind pig squeals as like an accent point in songs. Because um, like I do like a lot of classic death metal. And they have that in there in places. And that's fine. You know, but there's also melody. And there's also a lot more to it than just that. I'm not a big fan of it if it's continuous either. Yeah, it's also one of those things where they, they they also, a lot of those albums tend to be poorly produced. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it it's usually way too heavy in the bass. And so uh, I'm out on multiple levels, I guess. But the same can be said for black metal. I mean, there's some really, really awful production value on some black metal albums. Yeah. And, I mean, the, honestly, you know, the, the, the advent... You know, in the early 90s of black metal, I was out because I I just, you know, the super poor production Mm -hmm. sounding like it was recorded on a Hello Kitty boombox in your mom's basement. (laughs) Some of it was. uh, No, thanks. Yeah. No, no, thanks. Uh, Especially when you have stuff, you know, at the gates at the same time, dark tranquility at the same time. Uh, Yeah. It's just like, hey, I'm going to definitely go to that. Some of that stuff, though. Like, I like raw black metal to an extent. I mean, I, I love black metal as a genre in general, but with raw black metal, like, there can be a certain amount of charm to the low production value. And, like, some, like, you, you go back and listen to, like, you know, the first Immortal album or something. You know, it sounds terrible, but it's a great album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, every time I hear those, though, I always want them to re record it. Oh. With modern and would be cool. better production, I, I mean, like how how good how good would this be with modern production? You know, with good production. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're not wrong. I would love to hear some of those classic albums be re-recorded. I think it would oh, work yeah. great today. But at the same time, I do appreciate the charm of what it is and the time period that it came from, and you know the origins of that kind of music. But when an album comes out today that is raw, it's really got to be something special to overcome yeah. all the high production value albums that are being released. 
Yeah. I mean, especially when you consider, you know, what, what you were talking about before that, you know, you, you can have a professional sounding recording done in your living room at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Pro Tools and everything else, uh, soundproofing that you can do in your home. I mean, hell, I, I think it wasn't the last Stradivarius album, but the one before that, I think. You know, I saw this making of documentary on YouTube or something. It was like 25 minutes long. And they recorded that whole album at somebody's house. Yeah. Stradivarius. And, you know, Stradivarius, <laughs> they got some money. You know, they, yeah. they don't have to do that. It doesn't they sound like it was recorded in somebody's house. You yeah. know, it's yeah. super it's, high production. Yeah. You know, the, the Nervosa album from uh, 2023 or 2022, that one there was recorded at somebody's house. You know, I saw the making of in that one, too. And, you know, the singer is going into a closet and <laughs> doing the doing the vocals, you know. And so it can be done. And so, like, at this point, I, I feel as though you're choosing to have poor production on your album. Mm-hmm. That's the sound that you're going for. And, hey, if, if that's your thing, more power to you. But it, it probably knocks me out of wanting to listen to it unless... I catch something really, yeah. really good in it's there. It's got to be impressive. It's got to be impressive to to stay with you uh, if it comes out today and it's raw. Yeah. So, anyways, that uh, that pretty much wraps up our discussion about the best albums that we found in the past few weeks. Uh, so let's move on to our topic, which is Battle Jackets. So you mentioned you have one from way back when you were younger, you know, with all, all those classic death yep. metal logos on it. Um, have you ever considered making a new one and updating it with more modern music that you enjoy? Actually, I, you know, I, I've thought about it, but, you know, back in the day when I was making that jacket, you usually only got a patch and put a patch on when you went to that show. Mm-hmm. And it, that was your thing, right? You, you bought a patch at the show and you put that on. And, and that's how you built your battle jacket, right? Right. And, and nowadays you can just buy patches for from an online vendor and, you know, put them all together. And it, it almost seems like it looks too clean mm. or, you know, I've even seen that this is, I, I don't understand how anybody would do this, but I've seen pre-made battle jackets, right? Weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're already done, right? You can just buy them off of a rack and uh, there's online stores to sell them and you can dictate, Hey, hey, are you mainly into death metal? Here's one that's got a bunch of death metal bands on it. And you can buy that. And to me, that seems really weird. It's kind of... Uh, because it's it's, kind it, of it's so far I past... Mean, I, I personally have never created a battle yeah. jacket. But I mean, I've been going to concerts for 20 years. You know, I, I love metal shows. And I just, I never picked up patches at the concerts I went to. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately for me to, to do that, I wouldn't be able to create the kind of battle jacket that you did when you were younger. Um, so I would have to go online and buy the patches that I want and put them on. Um, I would try to do mostly bands that I really enjoy and that I've seen their shows and whatnot, but I would never just buy a pre, like the whole thing is that it's a personal experience. You're supposed to create it for yourself with the bands that you truly feel passionate about, you know? And I feel like if you're out and at a show and you have a unique patch on or something and somebody asks you about it, you know, that's, that's like the the whole point at least is to be able to connect with other metalheads and, you know, proudly display the bands that you really love. You know, if you just buy a generic death metal jacket yeah, and you're not even a fan of those bands specifically, 
it defeats the purpose. Well, it's it's kind of like the the same like when you see somebody with a battle jacket on it. it it's kind of like the the same thing as seeing a metalhead out in the wild with his heavy metal t shirt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're just at the grocery store and you see somebody wearing a yeah you know a, a mayhem shirt or whatever, and you're just like oh snap. You know, like, yeah. hey, especially if it's and... underground, especially if it's underground. <laughs> yeah. You know? I've had that happen a few times. Yeah. I've had people come up to me and say, oh, that is a sweet shirt. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. I remember there was a, a YouTube skit that somebody, some metalhead put together where, like, some guy went to the gas station, was buying milk, and he saw another guy wearing a metal shirt, and they, like, flashed the horns yep. at each other, and then they entered into this, like, eye contact steering contest and then there was a dreamlike sequence where they were like frolicking in the black metal forest and like doing all this shit yeah and they came back to reality (laughs) and i mean it's not quite that extravagant when you meet another metalhead in the wild but it is always nice because not everybody is (laughs) yeah well i mean you know let's be completely honest you know the uh, heavy metal for for the most part is pretty niche Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's not in the mainstream. Uh, hopefully, you know, music being cyclical, hopefully it'll get back there. I mean, it's already, I, I, I personally feel like it's gotten stronger over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Where you're, you're definitely seeing more more bands kind of hitting. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I think there's more acknowledgement from the mainstream than there has been since the 80s, maybe. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. bands like Ghost, whether you like them or not, they are... Not exactly musically metal, but they're metal adjacent. Yeah. And there's a bridge to be made there between the mainstream music and metal music. And I think anything that drives people that maybe wouldn't have checked out harder music to check out harder music is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people kind of shit on Ghost. And, uh, oh, they're they're sellouts. They play arenas. Hey, more power to you. If you're playing an arena. And, yeah. (laughs) And if you can get... 20 people in that crowd to listen to something harder than ghost go on Spotify and, you know, at the bottom where you scroll down, you know, other things that you might like. And if they check that out, Hey, great. Uh, and you know, like uh, a lot of people seem to get hate about pop stars or whatever, wearing like Iron Maiden shirts or whatever is a goddamn poser, whatever. If that gets their fans into, Oh, maybe, Hey, she likes Iron Maiden. Maybe I should check that out. Mm-hmm. Hey, great. I got zero problem with that. I think uh, wearing shirts, wearing battle jackets, you know, it's like a a sign to the world about what you're about. And uh, if you're honest about it and it's something that you truly enjoy. Yep. Then when people, people, I mean, there's always the thing about, oh, you see somebody wearing a shirt and you go up to them and you ask them three, name three songs or whatever. Like girls get that shit all the time. It's stupid. You know, nobody has to prove if they like something or, or not. But if you are wearing that and you come across somebody else who likes the same stuff you know you instantly make a friend (laughs) yeah yeah and getting back to the battle jacket discussion you know like like now uh i i don't put any more patches on my jacket Mm -hmm. like uh, i i never did cut the sleeves off but at this point i don't put any more patches on it and i'm good with the amount of patches i got but what i will do is i'll pick up enamel pins okay at shows and you know i I buy way too much merch i i will freely admit that way too much merch as you know know, but the the bands uh, don't think so 110 the 110 t-shirts i got Uh uh, it's a little insane yeah the bands that i love i I take 100 bucks for each band that i love and i try to spend all of that at their merch table when i go see a show yep because i mean 
if you're not supporting them, why are they going to come back? Yeah, especially on, you know, heavy metal. They're already playing small clubs. And, you know, let's be 100% honest here. The the era of the rock star is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's not coming back. You know, Private Jets, uh, you know, Metallica and Iron Maiden, that, that was the last group that had that. Yeah. And that's not coming back. I, I don't care how good you are. It's not going to happen. You, you're not going to get. Now, if you can if you can do this for a living, you, you know, you're already ahead of the game. If you can just do this for a living and not have to have a day slave job. But. But most metal bands, especially underground metal bands, aren't at that point. Yeah. You know, even if they put out five albums and every album's been, you know, phenomenal and critically acclaimed, a lot of them are still living, you know, tour to tour and relying on their fans to support them. So Spotify has changed things. People don't buy albums like they used to unless they're like us and they, you know, buy vinyl. But, you know, you got to get out and support your bands. Patches, if you can buy them from the band directly, buy them from the band directly if you can't. You know, at least wear them and support the band, and maybe somebody else will check them out. Live shows are far and away the best ways you can support a band. Mm-hmm. You know, buy a shit ton of their merch. Oh, and tip the girl wearing uh, working the the table. Uh, that's also appreciated. I can tell you that much. Yeah, these bands are on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. You know, going from town to town to town. So I- any little thing that you can do to help them out, they'll remember that. Yeah, and they'll definitely come back if they had a good experience. Yeah. And it's the age of social media too. So, I mean, it's not all that difficult to actually form a real connection with the band too. you know, actually talk to them before the show, after the show, get them to sign your stuff. It's cool that you can do that. But yeah, speaking of the battle jackets, it's something that I've never done, but I've always considered doing. And in 2024, I set myself three resolutions. Number one was to start my own heavy metal blog and podcast. So that's what I'm doing with Harsh Vocals right now. Nice. Number two was to lose 50 pounds. I've been working on losing weight since September. I'm down 67 pounds. Still got 50 to go. Nice. Number three was to create my battle jacket. So going to be doing that real soon. I've been scouring the internet, looking at patches and stuff, trying to plan it out, figure out what I'm going to do. So it's something that we may discuss in future episodes as well. And then if I finally get it all put together, you know, I'll definitely be posting about the final product. But yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to, to do that because I think it's something that most true metalheads have done at some point in their life. And it's just one thing that I've never actually gotten around to doing that I've always wanted to. So yep. I'm excited to be finally embarking on that journey. I mean, as my original battle jacket, I didn't have a back patch. So I actually, I took a Sharpie and I drew Eddie's face from Iron Maiden. Just his head from uh, the Somewhere in Time album. Mm-hmm. So, if if you actually look on the inside of my battle jacket, you know, uh, you know the patch covered it up. You know, I actually have Master of Puppets from Metallica as a back patch. And uh, if you look on the inside of that jacket, you can actually still make out the the Eddie head that I drew. It was pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of people do, you know, their own artwork on the back of their jackets or like if they can't find a big enough patch, they cut up a T-shirt and then use the image from the shirt as yep. their main back patch. Um, so, I mean, there's it doesn't seem like there's really a wrong way to do it. Uh, it's just figuring out what you really want, what bands you want to rep and then organizing it somehow. So I don't think there's anything wrong with drawing it on. Well, it's like that. <laughs> It's like that picture that I sent you uh, or sent in the group chat. Oh, the Meshuggah guy? Yeah, with that guy at the (laughs) Meshuggah show. 
Yeah. He had like 43 Meshuggah patches yeah, guy, on his jacket. I knew what he was like, about. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I take it you like Meshuggah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Like, Nobody, nobody's <laughs> questioning crap. that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our pickups section. Have you picked up anything cool recently that you want to talk about? Or any shows coming up you're going to? Or anything? Definitely. I, I picked up. The uh, first two Cloak albums on vinyl, got those, reacquired the first four Death albums, was able to find that locally here. I mean, they're all represses. I I sold my originals back in the day, which was dumb. But, you know, these represses, you know, they, they were... What twenty bucks a pop? That's not I mean, bad at all. It, it was yeah. It, it's like you got to jump on it when you see it. Uh, the cloak albums, oddly enough, I found on Discogs, and I think they were fifteen dollars. Oh wow! Uh, That's so a steal. it's like hell yeah. So jumped on that. The only show that I got coming up is here in here in Des Moines. We get a lot of uh, tribute bands mm-hmm. that come through, and. I honestly don't know why they're that popular, but they are. They're very popular around here. And I think I think it's February 3rd at a local place is a cover band called Thrash of the Titans. And they only do big four thrash songs, right? Okay. And apparently they're going to do the entire Slayer Rain and Blood album. Oh, cool. So I think I'll take one of my sons to that. I feel like a cover show is going to be more tame than like a real show. That's what I'm thinking too. But... I also bought them tickets to uh, Blind Guardian, who is actually showing up here in Des Moines, Iowa oh, wow. in May. And I bought those tickets uh, as soon as it got announced. I mean, Blind Guardian's fantastic. I love that band. It doesn't get much better in the power metal genre than that. Yeah, it's not really my my area of expertise. Yeah, it's not your thing. I have a lot of friends that love Blind but, Guardian, you know, so I it, respect it. <laughs> hey. If there is one power metal vocalist that does have a little bit of a harsher edge to his voice, it is Hansi Kirsch. Still not your thing, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely my thing. I, I definitely like me some Blind Guardian. Cool. Well, uh, for me, I went a little haywire this uh, past November, December, because all of the vinyl sites were having massive winter sales. So I picked up like 30 albums. <laughs> <laughs> but because of all the snow delays, I have not gotten any of them yet. Uh, the only thing that arrived was Hath's first album of Rotten Ruin. I just got that today right before we recorded. So I'm pretty excited to spend that finally. I'm also excited to see them in concert on the 28th in Houston. It's going to be Hath, Wormhole, and Gorod. So that should be a pretty cool death metal show. Wormhole is really good. Yeah, their, their last really album good. was great. I actually really liked the Gorod album too, yeah. although it didn't make my top 50. And half I've loved since I first heard of yeah. Rotten Ruin in 2018. All that was promised was just like almost a perfect album. Uh, it's so fucking good. So I'm very, very excited to see half. If they have patches, I will be buying one <laughs> for the jacket. <laughs> um, I'll probably pick up patches from the other two show- two guys if I can as well. So very excited for that. Um, and then I'll keep you guys updated on my records as they trickle in. <laughs> All right. But uh, that does it for the show uh the way we like to close the show is that we're going to play a blast from the past song so since i picked the topic for this episode the blast from the past track that we're going to play is from an album called nexus polaris and a band called the covenant real old school mellow black stuff here uh the song i'm going to play is called the last of the dragons you know this band christian 
I do not. Oh man, it's uh, it's a bunch of people from like Wave One Black Metal. It was kind of the first side project of all of them. It was it was led by Hellhammer, and it's uh, really yeah. No, it's a it's a very very good classic black metal album from 1998. It was one of the first that I ever listened to that really turned me on to the genre. And um, I've seen it come out as a repressing on vinyl recently, so I'm trying to find somebody that has one for a reasonable price so I can pick it up. So <laughs> anyways, we're going to close out the show with that, so I hope you guys enjoy it. One last time, this is The Last of the Dragons from The Covenant and their album Nexus Polaris. So we'll see you guys next time. Bang your head. Driven by it, she turns the tight grab and voices the challenge.